morning, everyone. Welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone, and my guest today is Nikisha Simic um, with UCM Digital Health. I'm really excited to have Nikisha on my show today because she is going to talk to us from the standpoint of a human resources um, director. And we, we talk about a lot of different things, but I'm really interested to hear her spin on things and some of the unique challenges that she's faced. So Without further ado, I am going to let Nikisha go ahead and introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her background and career history. Thank you, Nancy, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so let's see, I'm originally from Ohio. Uh, I moved to New York City about 10 years ago um, and have had a variety of, of positions uh, within the HR field. I've had the opportunity of working at startups, um, a Bitcoin startup, actually. I'm sure a lot of oh, people wow. have heard about that, right? <laughs> exactly. Healthcare company, as well as a not-for-profit. Um, I have my master's degree in HR and employ employment relations. And um, yeah, kind of been around in all types of industries. That's awesome. Well, I know um, that you um, just joined in January, UCM Digital Health. So I'm really interested to know what attracted you to that position and kind of motivated you to make a move. Um, so this is a very cheesy response, but I promise it's the truth. Uh, Keith, our CEO, um, I had a conversation with him um, probably, I think it was like in October, and he was just so passionate about the work in which uh, the company was trying to accomplish or, you know, in terms of servicing patients. And I... I, I had to be on board after the first conversation with him. Um, I also had the opportunity to meet with a lot of the leadership team before joining. And everyone was just so nice and uh, dedicated and committed that I knew, again, that I wanted to be a part of this team. I would say at this stage in my career, um, I'm also um, a new mother, that it's really important for me in terms of, um, you know, fitting into a company uh, culturally um, and honestly, just just working with nice, smart people. There is so much to be said for that. I couldn't agree with you more. And I want to apologize, first of all, to you and also to our audience. I don't know what's going on. 2022 seems to be the year of Nancy being sick. So um, if I have to occasionally mute myself to uh, try to politely cough, I, I do apologize. Um, I agree so much with you that it matters who you work with. I think that um, since we send such a big part of our lives working, that the people that we surround ourselves with in our work environment are just as important as the people we surround ourselves with in our personal lives. Because mm -hmm. let's face it, it's all integrated, it all overlaps. And you can't go from one environment that doesn't feel great to another one that feels great without there being some bleed over. So um, I love that, that that's what attracted you to the job. I think that's very, very cool. So I'm kind of in the unique position of not only being a business owner and having employees and currently hiring. So, boy, that's a lot of fun. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but I also work with a ton of people in HR because as a benefits consultant, that's obviously sometimes my closest relationship in a company is with, with a, the HR department. Um, so I get how challenging it can be to try to build a dynamic culture. So I'd like to know what you do or have done to 
engage both current employees and then attract new talent that are going to be a good fit for the culture you're trying to build? Yeah, um, so definitely. So that's a great question. Uh, so in terms of engaging current employees, I think the best way to start out, honestly, is uh, soliciting feedback. Um, when I came on board a youth UCM in January, um, I conducted uh, uh, tons of surveys, engagement surveys, uh, as well as departmental surveys as well, um, trying to figure out um, pain points, so areas in which we were strong and then areas in which we needed to improve. I also conducted stay interviews, which um, if anyone's not familiar with that, essentially it's me reaching out and finding out why, why team members are choosing um, to work at this particular company. Um, it really is, I mean, it kind of comes down to a balancing act in terms of it, because on one hand, you're an advocate for the employee, but on the other hand, you're clearly trying to protect the company, right? Um, but when you have a very transparent leadership, it's it makes my job a lot easier, right? I'm able to find out um, things in which we can improve upon and bring that to the table and hopefully make some meaningful changes. Um, again, I don't wanna uh, keep bringing up uh, my current role, but I will say that they've made it a lot easier for me in terms of that, just because leadership has been so open to hearing um, things in which maybe we could be doing a little bit better. In terms of um, attracting outside talent, it's essentially the, the same sort of thing, being transparent. Um, so when I'm um, hiring or when I'm doing the interviews, I'm very open and honest about the culture in which this candidate is potentially coming into. I also really encourage slash probably even push a little bit for that candidate to ask questions that really matter to them, right? Um, a lot of times candidates get on interviews and they're so nervous and they're so concerned in terms of putting like their best foot forward, which clearly is important, but also they need to be in the mindset of they're in, like they're interviewing their or their potential company, their potential colleagues, right? And we need to make sure that there is a good fit there for all parties. I agree with that completely. Um, I know as an employer, sometimes I think in the past, I haven't been clear enough about what was important to me and not just from a, a skill set, but values, because I, and that's one thing that I know I'm personally doing a little bit different this time is I'm saying these are the values that this company lives. And if you're not in alignment with that, I'm totally OK with that. But this probably isn't the right place for you. And, right. and making sure that that is really crystal clear because we're not all the same. I don't expect people to all agree with me, but I want them right. to know what they're getting into prior to, you know, sitting down in the desk for the first time. No, and that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, you have to look at it like this. You could have an amazing candidate, right, um, in in terms of skill set, right, in a great company. But if, if they don't match, then it's going to be... Um, the, the results are going to speak for themselves, meaning that, you know, the employee is not going to be happy and neither is the employer. So, yeah, I mean, important. I, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've, I have encountered that situation. I'm like, this is a great person, but this is not the right place for that person. Exactly. So um, that's always a little bit interesting. Um, you were talking about, you know, walking that fine line between employer and employee. In some ways, it's like, HR is kind of like Switzerland. It has to be the right. same place. It has to be the same right, for place everyone, for, both, yeah. Yeah, for, for everybody to come and say, how do I deal with this? And how, how do I get through it? Um, 
so in your past, you know, if you're, if you're to look across the longevity of your HR experiences, is there one thing that you see that um, pops up frequently when, when you're doing interviews or surveys with employees as far as like, I really wish I had this, or I really wish this was different? Is there, some, is there a common theme that you've heard or is it just different across the board? So there is a common theme, and I can actually say maybe uh, pre-COVID versus, you know, post right. and living sure. during COVID. So probably pre-COVID, a lot of the, um, the, the conversation was surrounding compensation, I would say. Um, now, what I'm really starting to hear is flexibility and the ability to work remote as sometimes even being more, more important than uh, the compensation piece of that people are really understanding that you know um that they essentially want it all they want a great career but they also want uh the flexibility to be able to be with family or work wherever they choose to yeah no i uh i get that okay so just to kind of build on that a little bit so how do you attract new people to a position that not only have the skills but also meet the culture that you're trying to build because those are those are kind of two different things so you have to address both of them how do how do you how do you attract people to that i would say honestly it's with a, a partnership with hr and the marketing team right so it's really figuring out um, what the company does well and um, making sure in which you're marketing or branding uh, the, the the company to attract potential talent into that, right? Um, again, as you and I were just speaking about, you can have a great um, candidate, but in the wrong uh, position or wrong company, right? So it really comes down to just being open and honest about what we do well, what we need to improve upon, um, and where we are trying to go. When I say we, clearly I'm speaking about the company. <laughs> I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Um, okay. So, and I, I'm going off script. Sorry about this, but I, I'm pretty sure you're, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure you're, you're, you're ready for this question. So um, when you're talking about, because the workforce has changed so much in the last two and a half years, I mean, COVID just flipped everything upside down. There were plenty of companies that had remote employees, et cetera, but primarily they were either salespeople or they were people that had a strictly support role where they didn't have much interaction with other teammates. Mm-hmm. But I'm really curious about the unique challenges of managing employees that are remote and how do you keep them engaged? Yeah, so again, I go back to surveys, right? The employees need to let us know how we can better keep them engaged, right? Um, for instance, doing a virtual happy hour, that that may not be appealing to everybody, right? Um, so it really comes down to getting that feedback and figuring out what is the best plan of action based on what your employees are, ask, are asking for and what uh, the company culture is. Okay, so it's hard so, to give just like a you know a no, 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 answer no. in terms that, of that. that. That's really good. Um, so that speaks to the engagement part. But then how how do you also address the management part when you're not seeing people or you know you have that distance? Is it more challenging for you? Uh, less challenging? The same? Just a little bit curious about that. 
I wouldn't say that it's more challenging. It's just different, right? It's something in which we have to uh, be able to adapt to, right? So in terms of like HR, like like some things that, that come up are in terms of compliance, right? We may now have employees in California versus, you know, um, you know here in uh, New York, right? Um, so in, in terms of that piece, yes, it is a little bit more challenging, right? Staff members have to let us know if, if they're moving and then we have to look at state law and all of those sorts yeah. of things. But in terms mm-hmm. of managing, I I honestly just just think it's changed a little bit, right? Instead of meeting in um, an in-person office or doing an in-person meeting, you're meeting virtually, right? So you're doing Zoom, you're doing Slack, you're doing all of these things to still kind of have um, the the conversations. Okay. Yep. That makes that makes sense. So okay, we've talked, we brought up COVID a little bit in the pandemic it really changed so much around employing employment, you know, we've gone through what's called the great resignation, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to find employees. I mean, I can think of five years ago, if I put an ad out for a position, I was flooded with applications. That is not the case anymore. Um, Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. And the expectations around what people are looking for are very different. So I, how, how do you, how do you combat that? How do you, um, again, because it's just, it's so different. Are you, uh, when you're looking for somebody, are you um, employing employment agencies? What tools, what levers are you pulling to, to bring people in? So all of those, right? Um, but what I'll personally speak to is in terms of uh, employee referrals. That actually has become uh, something that I that I kind of rely heavily on, right? Your employees hopefully are your best advocate, right? If if you're doing a good job, then they're going to mention this to their friends, families, and colleagues, right? Hopefully bring um, some individuals on board. Um, in addition to that, yes, we. Uh, uh, you know, HR professionals are using uh, agencies, right, a little bit more to kind of get some of the candidates that are are particularly passively uh, searching. So yes, it has gotten a bit difficult, but on, I guess, um, kind of like uh, the same ground, I, I like this challenge, right, because we've made the playing field a bit even uh, for um, potential employees, right, coming on board. So now they're able to kind of negotiate, uh, right. you know, items, you know, the the flexibility, the being able to work remote, all of those sorts of things, right? So if anything, it's just even the playing field a bit, which, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the like challenge. That. And I love the idea of employee referrals too, um, as far as uh, as putting a, uh, a priority on those. So do you have a formal process for employees um, providing referrals or is it just kind of a word of mouth thing? No, so we actually uh, came up with a formalized process this year uh, for our employees uh, to refer their their colleagues, friends, families, all of those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I think the best way actually to handle it is to have um, an actual program, not just word of mouth. So we released it uh, by actually I did a video within uh, the company and sent it out to all of the team members, just kind of like a fun way to get people engaged. And that's another way too, right? Not always sending out emails. Um, but what we've started to do is send out uh, communications uh, via video channels, right? So us uh, leadership uh, re- recording short videos and sending it out to the team. 
I love that. You know, that's one thing that we do um, on the benefit side is we um, we understand that everybody receives information in a different way and they process it mm -hmm. differently. So hitting right. them on different levels is so smart. I love that um, doing it internally as well as as externally. So that's mm -hmm. very cool. Um, OK, so what are the top three things that you see most employees are looking for in a job, whether it's their current position or a new one? What are their, their top three requirements? Well, I would say besides compensation, right, it's the flexibility, right? So no longer are employees um, looking for or really expecting the nine to five Monday through Friday, right? So they're definitely looking uh, for the ability of, hey, you know, I prefer to work seven to 10, take a break, and then I do my best work from 2 p.m. on, like onward. Um, remote, right? Why do I need to come into an office when I'm able to do, you know, be even more productive at like the beach or, you know, at mom's house or wherever the case may be, right? Um, third, probably a cohesive team um, and transparent leadership. I think that's really important now um, in terms of uh, building uh, longstanding relationships. I think employees are starting to look at that more. Do you think um, that anything has been lost um, with the remote workers in the in the inability or the how how can I put this? Not sitting around a table together or not you know hearing somebody working on something and saying hey. I, I had a problem like that. I can help you out with that. Do you think that there's anything that's been lost in that process at all? I don't think it's been lost. I, I honestly think that that in-person communication has just um, moved on to text message, to Slack, uh, to Teams, to all of these other forms of communication. And I say that, okay, again, because I joined the team in January and I hadn't had the chance to meet anyone, right? Besides, you know, video calls, phone calls, text messages, yada, yada, yada. Um, I went to the office for the first time in April, April, May. And I knew everyone like there wasn't this awkward like oh you know it just right I mean, it flowed so naturally I was actually surprised that it wasn't like oh you know hi nope so yeah Good I don't know. I don't think anything was lost yeah so I'll ask you a question on a personal basis so I have a smaller company and we are extremely collaborative and we have a lot of clients that walk in as well so we kind of have to have set hours and right. it's a it's and we kind of have to have I mean, not kind of we have set hours and we kind of have to have the employees working during those hours because that's when our clients are contacting us. And we get a lot of pushback against that because, again, everyone. I'm getting a lot of feedback. Well, I want to work from nine, you know, nine to noon and then I want to work again from five to eight. And I'm like, well. I can appreciate that. Me too. But unfortunately that doesn't work in, in our industry and what we're specifically doing. And it's really kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to compete with that when we are in a more defined model of what being an employee right, right, or right. A like team member, mm -hmm, what a team member looks like. Have you been any position in any um, positions or any instances where you've had to kind of promote why in-person is important in that specific instance? 
Yes. Um, so actually my last employer. Yes. So we had quite a few staff members that needed to go into uh, our clinics in order to provide care. Um, actually, though, I have a suggestion for you. Have you ever considered potentially like um, a ro like a rotating schedule for, oh, for your employees we, or something? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I was just thinking about. No, about that's that okay. As I was talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, just uh, it it comes down to being transparent, right? So if the team understands, you know, the real reason as to why, you know, you have to come into the office because we can't service these patients or we can't service these clients, you know, in a virtual in, in environment. We have people coming in. We have those sorts of things. You will get pushback from certain employees and maybe their employees that don't necessarily um I hate to say, but aren't necessarily going to be a fit at right. that particular company, right? Maybe it's better for them to go on um, to find other um, positions, right? But there are going to be folks that actually prefer to be in person and don't enjoy the the virtual lifestyle, right? And and want to have those interactions. So it's about um, making sure you're bringing in that group of people, right? And what I can say in terms of making the transition easier, I've always been very uh, open with um, um, anyone that I've worked with. So in terms of like, I'm open to review resumes, I'm, I'm open to help you, you know, uh, practice uh, for for interviews, right. So I'm very open and I and I tell the team that so if and when someone, you know, makes the, the decision that it's time for them to move on, then hopefully um, they trust me enough to come to me and we can have that conversation. And, you know, it puts the um, company in a better position, right? Because then I know several weeks earlier that this individual is thinking about leaving, right? And then I can start looking. Right. And also to the, the, the employees able to finish up any projects and also have a smooth tran transition and understand there's no hard feelings here. It's just, unfortunately, you know, we, we've reached a, you know, um, I guess like a rock or something in the road. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that you mentioned that because that's always kind of the attitude I've had as well. When I always tell employees during reviews, if you decide this is not the right place for you, that's okay. See, that's Let me really know. Good. Yeah. Let right. me know. I'll give you time to interview whatever you need to do, but it's better for both of us if we understand what's next instead of blindsiding the other person. I'm not exactly. going to just fire. I'm not going to just fire you. And I would appreciate it if you didn't just didn't walk into my office and quit. Because right. that's just that's just difficult on both sides. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, okay, let's see. All right. So we, now we need to talk about UCM Digital because mm -hmm. they're kind enough to share you with me for a, a half hour or so. And I'd love to hear a little bit about the company, um, what attracted you to it and what, what they do. Hey, UCM um, is a telehealth provider. Uh, we provide 24 uh, seven uh, patient care. Um, and that really comes down to in terms of um, providing treatment as well as care coordination. Um, I would say that we actually combine like technical abilities with clinical ex like expertise as well as compassion. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, we are changing health like healthcare. Um, the reason why, again, that I wanted to join was, was the mission. The individuals that I would have been able to work with. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, our dear friend Esther popped out and said, right people in the right seats works for everyone. So I couldn't agree with right her. Right, Esther, more. yeah. Yes, I love <laughs> Esther. She was kind enough to connect the two of us. Okay. Um, she was. All right. Thank you, Esther. Yes. Um, you probably knew you weren't going to get out of this interview without me asking you a question about the time you spent working at the Clinton Foundation. Um, you, <laughs> right. spent, you spent quite a bit of time there. Um I'm interested to know what it was like to work for that type of an organization. And then, of course, inquiring minds really want to know, did you actually ever meet Hillary or Bill Clinton? Yeah. Um, so, again, um, it was just nice working for a company whose main focus was to uh, make the world a better place. Like it's simply put, right? Um, in terms of that, um, I worked with a lot of folks that had come over from the Peace Corps, which I had served in. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was such a such an amazing time in my life. Um, and I did get the chance to meet President Clinton and Secretary Clinton on, on numerous uh, occasions, as well as Chelsea Clinton. Uh, definitely highlight. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, speaking of amazing times in your life, I believe you mentioned at the top of this that you are a new mom. So tell me about that. Yeah. So I became a mom in September of last year. Um, it's just, oh my gosh, it's amazing in terms of how it changes you. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could go on and on and on about it, but it's just, you know, uh, he's learning, uh, well, he's essentially like pulling himself up and starting to take steps. And it's just, my God, it's amazing. <laughs> it is. There's nothing like it. Um, well, congratulations. It's just such a special time. Thank and I you. hope that you're, I hope you're able to spend as much time with that little guy as you possibly can. So, um, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> okay. So. See, you survived. It wasn't too painful. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, no. Oh, I loved working with Nikisha. So someone else popped in and said, you're a great you. person to work with. <laughs> okay. So um, at, I ask all of my guests similar questions. The first question is a given. And I read that you like cooking. So I'm expecting a good answer on this one. But what is your absolute favorite food in the world? And can you cook it? So I wouldn't say that I have a favorite food because I'm a foodie. I love everything. But in terms of uh, things that I do like to cook, um, it's a Bosnian dish. It's called Boric. Uh, my my father-in-law actually said that I make the best bar none. So I'm pretty uh, happy with that compliment. <laughs> so um, I have not heard of that. What is it specifically? So essentially it's dough and then you can layer it with cheese or potato or meat. It's a Bosnian dish. Uh, oh my God, this is so good. It goes in the oven. Um, mm. Delicious. I'll have to make yeah. you some. Yeah, for me. Sounds, yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> I am a foodie as well. <laughs> okay. So what, is, I'm going to get this out before I start. I have another little coughing fit. What is the one character trait you most admire in other people and why? Integrity. I would say that. Um, and honestly, it comes down to there's uh, there's too few people in the world that actually possess that trait. Very true. OK, so then I get to flip the mirror on you and I get to say, what's the character trait it, that you possess that you're most proud of and why? Empathy. I'm a very highly empathetic person um, by nature. It's definitely uh, determined the course of my life. Um, and it's just, I mean, again, I kind of go back if more people were able to place themselves in others' uh, shoes, we wouldn't have a lot of the problems in the world. Yeah. yeah, I agree. 
If you can encourage employers to do just one thing to improve their company culture, what would it be? Just one? Only one? Just one. You can give me yeah. as many as you want, but, but yeah. I, if, if you had to pick yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It's super easy, but it's very hard. Uh, listen. Listen to your employees. I cannot stress that enough. They are the ones that are on the front lines. They they know what's going on um, and they're willing to talk, but you have to be open to listen to like to them. You have to create a culture in which they feel comfortable speaking. I appreciate that. Um, okay, this is a fun one. So what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? So no secret talent here, I wish, uh, but uh, definitely me serving in the Peace Corps, which I know that I mentioned here. Uh, but most folks, when I bring that up, are super surprised when they get to know me. It's like, you live without running water or electricity? It's like, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> where, where specifically did you serve? So Burkina Faso, have you heard of it? It's north of Ghana. It's really small country. Most people. I know where Ghana is, so we'll go with that. It's Near literally, Ghana. yeah, it's right <laughs> above it. Yeah, no one has ever heard of it usually. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, you can put me. <laughs> you could put me right in that bucket. <laughs> well. um, okay, so last question: Who is the one person, famous or otherwise, that you would most like to sit down, have a cup of coffee, um, a glass of wine, whatever the case may be, and just have a conversation with? Michelle Obama. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, I mean, she's just faced so many challenges in her life based on her gender and race. And she's been able to overcome all of that. Um, she's such a resilient human being. I, I would love to sit down and find out, you know, how she was able, you know, to kind of put the name, like not even, I guess, take into consideration what the naysayers, you know, yeah. About her. yeah. I had a really unique experience. Um, oh gosh, it's, well, it's pre-COVID. I mean, that's kind of the delineation. I was at an event and um, I met the woman who was her, Michelle Obama's personal photographer. She actually published a book. I think it was called Chasing Michelle. I have it at home. Um, and so she spent like six years essentially following her around and taking pictures and, you know, documenting her life. And she just, I mean, she just gushed about what an amazing person she was and, you know, how much she had accomplished. And it was really, really cool to, to, to learn a little bit, you know, to hear from somebody that was very close to her about that experience. So I think you so have, are you good... telling me you may have a way for me to, I may have an, I may have an, in for you, but yeah. um, I think you made it, you made a very good pick. So Huh. Um, so for anybody that I didn't mention this because I wanted to wait till the end. So this was Nikisha's first time being on a podcast. And she told me she was very nervous at the beginning, but she was amazing. Great guest. A lot of fabulous insights into the world of HR. So I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. And um, me. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in today. And I will be here again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. So have a great day. Bye, everyone.